You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 260 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor of the Hockey News Montreal, the founder and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens and uh, Rick, it's good to be back and see you here in the studio. How have things been? Welcome back. It's good to hear that familiar voice, and I'm sure it's good uh, for our our listeners to hear your uh, familiar voice as well. Um, things were tremendous until a, <laughs> a little while ago, and we have a little bit of a, um, a minor flood in the studio here, and so I'm glad that you were able to pack your rubber boots and and uh, we'll power through this uh, as we go along. Yeah, as they say, the show must go along. And uh, before we get into the show too, too much, uh, I just wanted to throw a little thank you out to Amy Johnson for holding down the fort uh, while I was on vacation. She did an awesome job, and I'm sure all of our listeners appreciated that quite a bit. Absolutely. So it's a jam-packed episode. Uh, We'll get you up to date on everything Montreal Canadiens from this past week. Lots of prospect talk as well. Uh, In segment two, we're going to do a review of the off-season moves made by Kent Hughes and Camp. And then in segment three, it's the Have Your Say segment. Our Canadians Connection question of the week is, how would you rate the Habs offseason? We want to hear from you. And Rick, what's the best way for our listeners to reach out and let us know? Uh, 5853ROCKET, 5853ROCKET. I may not have to repeat it because it seems that our listeners know that that number by now. Um, You can text us anytime, 24 hours a day. We got a lot of texts. Um, we got a lot of comments. We got some Facebook messages. We got some emails. Our email is hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. Uh, all about last week's episode on the Canadians draft video, and it kind of churned up those uh, draft uh, opinions and feelings again. So uh, we are grateful to to all of you for for reaching out to us, and we'll get to your messages to some of those messages in our third segment. But uh, yeah, we, we'd we love to hear from you. I'll say it one more time, 5853ROCKET. You can also touch base with us on our social media. Make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out our website, canadiansconnection.fm. And from this past week, we have a couple fascinating stories to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, 
And this is not a drill. The ice has been installed at Bell Center. So is it time for hockey yet, Rick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when the ice goes in um, that uh, that it's only a few short weeks away until uh, you'll see uh, Canadians players on that ice. And uh, the Montreal Canadiens put out a fascinating little video uh, on social media how that whole process takes place. The ice out for the summer, just the uh, concrete floor there. And uh, they slowly build up the layers, and then they have to add um, the logos, and and the and they have to paint the lines, and um, fascinating. Uh, and so uh, head to um, the Canadians either their website, um, which is new by the way, uh, it's got a whole new um, remake. Uh, NHL sites all all uh, sporting a new theme. Um, so take a look at that, but also look at the video on ice making at the Bell Center. And now it's time to make fun of Milan Lucic. Uh, <laughs> Lucic, of course, rejoins the Boston Bruins this offseason. And uh, we know that there's that long, long rivalry going on between the Boston Bruins and Montreal Canadiens. Well, Milan Lucic tossed out the first pitch at a Red Sox game, and uh, he was very far off target. Uh, he might need to get his eyes checked because that was not even close. High and outside, as they say. Um, Yeah, there he was at Fenway Park. They're rolling out the red carpet for Milan Lucic and his return to the the Bruins. And we'll see if that spices up the rivalry with the Canadians. But uh, there he did. He he tossed the pitch to, um, I think it's uh, Red Sox DH Justin uh, uh, Turner. Um, Turner caught the, the, the pitch. Um, and then kind of rushed the mound and dropped gloves, and they kind of playfully uh, looked like they were going to have a hockey fight there and then hugged and all was good. Uh, but yes, look for... It was a reminder to me anyway that uh, Lucic is back with the Bruins and look for him uh, to... Well, we'll see if he drops the gloves in, in the games with the Canadians. So make sure you're checking out Habs Notepad, Habs Headlines, and feature articles throughout the busy offseason at THN.com slash Montreal. And in our roster news, it seems like on-ice activity has increased at Brassard, where the Montreal Canadiens practice facilities are. Uh, You can see the full roster of players that showed up at THN.com slash Montreal. But uh, it's nice to see that uh, some of the players are coming into town and starting to get active at the practice rink. Yeah, more and more players are arriving. Um, The interesting thing for me was uh, there was Paul Byron on the ice um, in one of those coaching track suits. So we we know that we talked about it uh, a couple weeks ago that Paul Byron likely moving into perhaps a development uh, position, but another role with the Montreal Canadiens. But he was running some drills, informal drills. Uh, We can't have anything formal at this uh, stage. Um, but three on three, and you saw Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, Kirby Dock, uh, Christian Dvorak, uh, Alex Newhook was there, um, Sean Monahan, uh, and just great to see them all on the ice in Broussard. And with that being said, the Canadians have announced their 2023 rookie camp roster. Uh, there's some familiar names. You got your Owen Beck, Jared Davidson, but also some newcomers. You have David Reinbacker there as well, uh, goaltender Quentin Miller. So plenty of great uh, prospects will be arriving to compete in the rookie camp. And most of note, uh, you see Tyce Milanic listed on that roster. Uh, Tyce Milanic, of course, uh, attending uh, hockey college. And uh, I guess with him attending rookie camp, the implication would be that he's not returning to college, is it? 
Yeah, he's had an interesting college career. Of course, Tyce Milanic uh, came over uh, in the Ben Sherratt uh, deal, um, and he was at Quinne- uh, uh, Quinnipiac College. Um, and a year ago, he entered the um, the transfer portal, uh, they call it, to switch colleges. Ended up at Wisconsin. Not a great year there. Um, and reporting from uh, the CBC is that he is not going back to Wisconsin. Uh, we remember that college players are uh, cannot be at uh, at rookie camp, uh, so that's why it's it's a little unusual that he's there. Um, but he's he's uh, made the decision not to go back to Wisconsin, so he's kind of um, this is a bold decision for him because what if it doesn't work out? Um, he's he's committed to um, playing a pro season, um, and we'll see if if. Um, he gets an NHL contract. He gets an AHL contract. Uh, whether it's a two-way AHL contract, and he sees some time in Trois Rivières, um, it's you know he's got some talent. He hasn't really um, you know showed uh, a whole lot yet in his uh, college career, but a real interesting move. And um, and you know you got to respect somebody who bets on themselves, and that's exactly what Tyce Milanic is doing. Yeah, so great to see the kid uh, here attending rookie camp and uh, excited to see what he can do. Uh, I mentioned uh, David Reinbacker just a little while ago. He'll be attending the camp as well. And uh, the big question here is, uh, will he remain in Montreal or will he return to his former team in Cloton in the Swiss League? Well, uh, Cloton's head coach, uh, Jerry Fleming, discussed a potential development plan for Reinbacker. If the Habs were to decide to send him back to the Swiss League, uh, there's a whole article about this in The Athletic. And uh, Rick, what do you think? Well, let's let's remind everybody that he cannot, he won't be playing in the AHL. It will either be uh, back in Switzerland uh, in the, the National League or uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. There's a tiny um, uh, chance that he remains with the Canadiens if he is spectacular at camp. I think um, the the staff themselves, the Canadians, uh, hockey ops people are are planning on uh, seeing David Reinbacker return. Uh, for another year uh, in Europe, and that would probably be best for his uh, development rather than, you know, uh, getting marginal protected minutes in Montreal or spending some time uh, in the press box. Uh, but a um, lot of pressure on him, and uh, he certainly wants to uh, show the fans and, and show his uh, bosses that he was the right pick at uh, number five in the most, uh, fifth overall in the most recent drafts. So, uh, he'll be interesting to watch at camp. Uh, Logan Mayu will be interesting to watch at camp. Um, uh, Sean Farrell, um, Emil Heineman, uh, lots of lots of interesting um, uh, names and at the rookie camp. Um, and and we've got at uh, you mentioned thn.com/slash/montreal. We have a whole uh, rookie camp roster uh, that you can download or that you can print uh, and that you'll have throughout uh, rookie camp. And if it wasn't clear enough that the hockey season is coming pretty soon, uh, the Montreal Canadiens annual golf tournament takes place on Monday. 
Uh, so it uh, might be a little bit early in the hockey season to start playing golf, but uh, all jokes aside, uh, this is a good sign that uh, this is on the way. Like I said, starts Monday, September 11th at Club Laval sur la Lac. And uh, last year, what happened was uh, this is where we learned that Nick Suzuki would be the captain. So I got to wonder, what's the big announcement going to be this year? Yeah, will we will we learn who the alternate captains will be for this season? Uh, Joel Edmondson was uh, one of the alternates uh, last year announced at the golf tournament um, uh, along with uh, Brendan Gallagher. Uh, will Gallagher uh, keep the A? Likely. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, the, the betting choice will be that David Savard will uh, will join him uh, with an A. He, he had one at times uh, last year. Um, but it, it could be if the Canadians want to promote their, their young players, uh, could be hmm, Caden Gooley, Cole Caulfield. Uh, those would be interesting choices to announce as well. So now I think it's a good time to get to our Habs prospect report. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians' prospects. As we previewed on last week's show, Owen Beck, Sean Farrell, and Philippe Machard participated in the annual NHLPA Rookie Showcase in Arlington, Virginia this week. And uh, we got to hear from each of them individually. Uh, Interesting interview with uh, Philippe Machard. Didn't have too much to say about himself, but uh, it sounds like he's going to be sleeping on uh, Uri Slavkovsky's couch, or at least in his apartment. Uh, that's right. Until he finds out uh, what he's going to be doing this this year, he's uh, um, he's staying with uh, Slavkovsky. Good friends, of course, we all know that. Um, and he wanted to talk a little bit about how um, about Slavkovsky's season more than his own, I think. Um, he said that, uh, you know, it's been a long layoff for URI, uh, since last January, but he expects that he'll get right back on track very quickly. Talked about what a good player he is, how uh, big he is, how fast he is, and said in his mind that, uh, URI, his friend is definitely an NHL caliber player. Uh, putting in good, a good word for his friend. That's always nice to see. Uh, Sean Farrell, in uh, his interview, he uh, talked about having a pretty big summer. Uh, He finished his economics degree at Harvard, so big congrats to him. And uh, also, while that was happening, he put on about six pounds of muscle. So getting stronger and smarter. Uh, That's that's tough to do, but uh, nice that he was able to do it. Um, He he talked about that the Canadians um, provided him uh, some guidance uh, after last year. We remember it was kind of a... Uh, a whirlwind for him, uh, ending his college season, arriving with the Canadians, um, and he played six games. And remember, uh, Kent Hughes had to go to bat for him to get him in the lineup. Um, and he said that it was, uh, you know, uh, from living on his own rather than living with a group and eating together with with uh, a group in college. Uh, he was in a hotel, um, and the the adjustment to um, to life off the ice was just as hard as as to the NA, jumping from college to NHL. It was so much quicker. And he said, he, you know, he was so nervous the first couple of games. He just he wasn't playing his game. Um, 
So after that, he got into uh, a bit of a groove, uh, slowed things down, became in the play. He scored a goal. He scored his first NHL goal. Um, but he said that that uh, introduction to the NHL was valuable because uh, he knew in the offseason what he had to work on, and the coaches had asked him to uh, try and work on his strength, uh, be uh, stronger over his skates, uh, kind of a lower center of gravity, uh, and he's done that. Because um, he was coming off a great college season, 53 points um, in just 34 games, second to Adam Fantilli in the NCAA. Um, and then, and so he, he did all this work. You, you mentioned the six pounds of muscle, but uh, also he had courses to take to finish off his degree. He, he, he uh, finished the requirements for a four-year degree in three years at Harvard. Uh, now that's an accomplishment. He's going to get. Uh, he's going to be uh, graduate in uh, November, I believe. Um, so a very busy, um, very busy summer. He spoke highly of Marty St. Louis. Said, uh, you know, Marty was was one of his childhood idols, um, and he appreciates uh, the the conversations they've had and the respect they have uh, together. So uh, that's somebody that you should be looking at. Um, uh, at at uh, the rookie camp, and then I expect uh, he'll go to training camp as well. And finally, Owen Beck, uh, he had a time to chat with the media as well. Uh, he took some time to talk about uh, how difficult it can be to make the NHL lineup at the age of 19. Uh, he might feel a little bit of pressure coming in this year, but uh, he certainly wants to replicate what he was able to do at camp last year. What a year for Owen Beck last year. I, I'm Amazing year. Um, you know, he's involved in a trade, uh, the OHL championship gets to the more Memorial cup, uh, in, in, you know, in midst of that, he, he's a call up to the world juniors and, and Canada wins a gold and he's a, an injury fill in and he gets his first NHL game in January with the Canadians, an incredible season. Um, he's level headed, he's smart. Um, and he is mature and he adjusted really well. And his goal, when, when asked last year, last year, uh, his goal was always this fall to make the Canadians. Um, that's, it's, it's a tough challenge for him. Um, not many 19 year olds do that. Um, but he, that's where his focus is. And, uh, and, you know, we wish good luck to him, um, because if not, he'll go back to junior. And as we've talked about, Mike Rashel had some input into that, that the team that he's going back to has been stripped to the bones. So there's there's not going to be, a, unless there's a trade coming, um, there's not going to be much challenge for him there. Uh, so maybe his development is better spent with the Montreal Canadiens. So over the course of the summer and uh, even before the summer happened, uh, we talked about various rankings of NHL prospect pools and prospects. Well, Elite Prospects put out their prospect uh, pool rankings through the NHL, and they have Montreal coming in at 12. Uh, obviously, uh, every single one has a different idea of how they define their prospects and how they rank this. And uh, Rick, I'll, I'll let you take the lead on that. Yeah, we, we've talked about uh, rankings uh, from Corey Pronman, Scott Wheeler. They have different ways that they categorize a prospect, uh, usually by age. Um, elite Prospects... Uh, they categorize uh, the, a prospect prospect by anyone who uh, yet has the ability to win the Calder Cup. Um, so someone like Uri Slavkovsky would be 
uh, eliminated from, from that prospect list. Cole Caulfield eliminated from that prospect list. So as a result, um, you have the Canadians 12th, as you mentioned, this year ranked, which is a little bit lower than um, some of the others' um, rankings. Um, and, and I wouldn't despair about that. That just means that um, you know, many of, of uh, the, the players that elite prospects would, uh, consider a, would consider a prospect have graduated from that category. Um, from elite prospects, the Canadians were sixth, uh, the sixth ranked uh, team in 2021, seventh in 2022, now 12th this year. Um, I think it's interesting. They did about 20 prospects or so. Um, looking at the top 10, there should be not really any surprises. David Reinbacker, the top Canadians prospect, uh, Lane Hudson, number two, Owen Beck, who we were just talking about, number three, Sean Farrow, who we were just talking about, number four, um, Jonathan Waugh, number five, Engstrom, six, Logan Mayhew, seventh, Emil Heineman, eighth, uh, Jacob Fowler, who we spent, uh, we've talked about a lot this summer, Number nine, and the aforementioned um, Mashar, Philippe Mashar, at number 10. So certainly a good list there, and uh, nice to see the Montreal's uh, ranking up at least close to that top 10 uh, compared to the other teams in the league. Uh, The Athletic put out an article entitled List of Under-23 Draft Busts or Breakout Candidates. So that's going to be for this season. Uh, they put together a list of players under the age of 23 that uh, haven't really panned out quite yet. And uh, they're, I guess, talking about whether or not they would uh, be a complete draft bust or if they have the potential to be a breakout candidate. And landing on this list is Montreal's Alex Newhook. <laughs> Montreal acquired this player this past summer for a first and a second round pick. Uh, They certainly have a lot of faith in their development model, and they have a lot of faith in Alex Newhook. Uh, Kent Hughes has a connection with them, as uh, Alex Newhook is signed to the agency that Kent Hughes used to work for. But to this point, uh, Alex Newhook really has not uh, panned out into the player that uh, he was once thought he could be. Uh, He certainly has some good skills, but uh, even when the opportunities were there in Colorado with many injuries to move up in the lineup, Alex Newhook was just not able to take the reins and go with it. Yeah, that's uh, the disappointing factor. And I know that that some uh, Canadians fans have said, well, you know, uh, he didn't get an opportunity in Colorado. Uh, he did. Um, he, he got top six uh, minutes. Um, and uh, now they didn't have a lot of patience with him. When he wasn't producing, um, he, he got moved quite quickly and he got jumbled around the lineup. Uh, a fair bit, but there was an opportunity uh, for him to grab in Colorado, uh, given the injuries, given uh, the departures of, of Nazem Kadri or Andre Burkowski. Um, but um, he, he didn't, he wasn't able to, to take advantage of that. Um, so by the playoffs, you know, he was a healthy scratch. He was playing nine minutes a game when he was in the lineup. Um, and, and he needs you know, he's, he was selected 16th overall in 2019. He's expected to be uh, a producing top six forward. He's got plenty of speed to use, um, and he's he he's a two-way player. Um, it, it, it just isn't, uh, it hasn't panned out. So um, this is on him this year, and uh, let's hope that he really takes advantage and, and uh, really proves all his uh, naysayers wrong. 
And our last story for our prospect report coming out of the NCAA, Arizona State Devils have announced the hiring of Albie O'Connell as assistant coach and recruiting coordinator. Albie is best known for his role as head coach of Boston University. But Rick, I believe there's a bit of a Habs connection to this one. Yeah, it's, it, there is. And and why are we talking about the Sun Devils? They're a Division One team in the NCAA. Um, but Albie O'Connell, Albie O'Connell, known for his recruiting ability in college hockey, um, he was the one that brought Adam Fox um, to uh, Harvard um, and uh, and um, uh, Lane Hudson um, to uh, uh, Boston University. So. Um, in his various roles with with various teams, and he was thought of as such a an amazing kind of recruiting talent, and had a great scouting eye. So last year, um, in the summer, we announced uh, that that the Canadians had hired a new amateur scout. His name was Elby O'Connell. Uh, he had he had been with Boston University for the previous four years, uh, and he was added as uh, to the sc- scouting staff uh, to. Uh, help scour the NCAA for further talent. Now, we re- we remind everyone that uh, if you go to the the Canadians website and and look at hockey ops, that information there isn't always up to date. The Canadians don't uh, release press releases for uh, this kind of news, um, so sometimes we're we're operating a bit in the dark. But um, we found out because of this appointment uh, to Arizona State that. Albie O'Connell is no longer with the Montreal Canadiens. And a couple of weeks ago, we told you that Fernando Pisani was um, was added to the Canadian scouting, amateur scouting staff. Well, we learn now that that's why, that Pisani is the replacement for Albie O'Connell. So uh, as we piece these things together, we're going to try and keep you up to date as best as we can. And you can find all our content about Canadians' prospects at THN.com slash Montreal. And heading into the end of our segment here, we have some hockey news and notes from around the NHL. Starting off, the Ottawa Senators have signed defenseman Jake Sanderson to an eight-year, $64.4 million contract. That's a big contract to Mm. hand off to a defenseman that just now played his rookie season. But uh, I think this could turn into a really, really good contract for the Ottawa Senators. And why are we talking about this? Well, I think there's a bit of a Canadian's connection to this because, well, you look at the crop of young defensemen that these Montreal Canadiens have, like a Caden Gooley, and maybe this is a contract that's kind of a model for that. And if, hey, if you're very confident in a guy like Caden Goulia already, then maybe uh, now's a good time to start looking into locking him up long term like the Ottawa Senators did with Jake Sanderson. Well, you can imagine that certainly uh, the agents for those young defensemen on the Montreal Canadiens have taken note uh, and will certainly be making that case um, with Kent Hughes. And um, the, the other reason we're looking at it, of course, is that uh, there's a rivalry there with the Ottawa Senators, and um, it's it's clear that that the Canadians are going to be seeing a whole lot more of Jake Sanderson um, for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, Jake Sanderson had a pretty good uh, rookie campaign, so I do think that this will ultimately be a great contract for both sides. Yeah. Uh, the NHL general managers and coaches met in Chicago on Friday. Uh, usually it's just the general manager. So interesting to see that the coaches are there as well. But with training camps underway, this was an opportunity for the GMs, the coaches, 
and the leagues to discuss the state of the game. Yeah, this has always been uh, an issue. The general managers meetings in June, just before the draft, the GMs are kind of focused on other things. Uh, Coaching staff may not be available. Uh, Maybe this is a good idea the first year that, uh, that it's been tried. Um, Although the, the, the room size uh, changed uh, and and this is uh, from 32 individuals to 64. The GM and the, and the head coaches met, and this uh, they they met in Chicago. They had a dinner on Thursday night, and then had a a full meeting on Friday. Um, and uh, not not uh, no 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 rule changes or those kinds of things uh, coming out of the meetings, um, but a, a, an opportunity to talk about coaches' challenges and those kinds of things. Um, uh, a sharing of information, and uh, and I think I think you might see this. Uh, it sounds uh, like the, the both groups were very positive about this, and you might see this become a regular thing uh, in the NHL. And finally, uh, the CBC uh, caught up with Alex Kovalev, and Alex Kovalev took the time uh, to reflect on his time here in Montreal. Uh, the article is totally in French, but uh, we were able to translate that, and uh, honestly, it was a great read. I think what stands out to me is that uh, Kovalev seemed to really enjoy his time in Montreal. He looks back on it with a lot of very happy memories. He even went on to say that he kind of regretted leaving Montreal at a certain point. I don't know if you remember that point in time when Alex Kovalev went and signed with the Ottawa Senators, but that was certainly a weird era to be a part of. And uh, honestly, I think his career uh, didn't really, it yeah didn't go so well after that, but uh, honestly, Nice to hear from Alex Kovalev and uh, glad to hear that uh, he really enjoyed his time playing uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. It, it is a great read. Uh, I, I enjoyed it too. And he wanted to explain that decision uh, a little bit because it was odd, uh, him signing with, with Ottawa. He said he wanted to stay in Montreal. Um, he was successful in Montreal. He loved the city. Um, he said that he thought, in his mind, the organization was... Uh, like a family, um, but he he thought that he wasn't being respected. Uh, he wanted to be shown respect, um, and um, he said he, in his mind he was acting, he was asking for just a small raise, although it might have been interpreted um, that it was a little too greedy. He says, um, uh, if I if I had that to do over again, he'd say, all right, I'll accept the disrespect. Uh, it's more important for my family and me to stay uh, in Montreal. Um, and, you know, life is full of uh, of those kinds of moments. And, and uh, interesting that he looks back so fondly on his time in Montreal uh, that it's a bit of a regret. Um, I also, uh, I, I, I liked um, the line of, of um, Alex Kovalev um, with Thomas Placanitz. Uh, and Andre Kostitsin and uh, and Kovalev said that was one of his favorite lines uh, in his entire career, um, and so much so that uh, when Kostitsin was in the in the minors, um, he went to bat for Kostitsin and said, uh, and he said he talked to the coaching staff and said, please recall him. Um, but he, at that point, Kostitsin wasn't consistent, and and some fans would argue that extended his whole career but um at that point he wasn't consistent and so he was being uh he'd be up for a couple of games and then sent back down um and uh Kovalev said that that he really uh enjoyed and and thought that line was was uh, very dangerous each and every time they were out there 
Um, he talked about, uh, you know, the, the kind of work he went into coaching uh, a bit in, in the KHL. Now he's uh, working with individual players, uh, Martin Netcash and, and Andrei Svechnikov with the Hurricanes. Um, and he makes a final point uh, that uh, he was in the Russian Hockey Hall of Fame, but hey, he wouldn't mind if uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame called him and wanted to induct him sometime in the future. Um, you'll enjoy this if if uh, you appreciated Alexei Kovalev. I'm sure you'll you'll enjoy this uh, this article. And uh, on that note, uh, we're gonna hear a brand new message from our sponsors of DraftKings, and then we'll get to our big topic segment here shortly so stay with us this is the canadians connection podcast here on rocket sports radio okay can you believe we've had seven months without an nfl game i mean that's crazy right well good thing that's over because the nfl is here and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl is giving you a can't miss offer for week one this week new customers can get 200 dollars in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort KS, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Well, welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Hey, I'm Amy Johnson. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And I figured, you know, I, I just got done reading the brand new DraftKings uh, DraftKings ad for the show. So why not stick around? Uh, but more importantly, I hear, Rick, that you're installing a pool in the studio. So I didn't really want to miss that. Yeah, Michael is uh, bailing water right now. I'm sure he'll he'll be back. <laughs> I think he's going to be back in a little bit. Got but a bit I'm... of a flood here. Yeah, this like you like uh, we're practicing line changes, right? Right. To be ready for the season. Yeah. Mm. Something like that. Well, welcome. I'm Thanks. glad you're here. It's uh, great to be back. It's been so long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't forget, everyone. Uh, you can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Visit our website at CanadiansConnection.fm. Hey, Rick Stevens, by the way, you can follow him on Twitter at Rocket Sports. And um, while you're, you know, if you've if you've still got the floaties in the pool and you're just floating around listening to the podcast, um, just don't come forget on in to the studio. Get your feet wet. Come on in and uh, don't forget to subscribe while you're listening. Yeah. Um, 
you might be still floating around in the pool. You might still be playing golf. And the Canadians are absolutely going to be playing golf this coming Monday uh, with the annual golf tournament uh, kicking off, kind of signaling the start of the really intense preparations for the opening of, of our new NHL season, which is coming before you know it, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the annual golf tournament is kind of like the, just like Labor Day is kind of the end of summer signal for kids to go back to school. The golf tournament is kind of the end of summer signal for Habs fans that, okay, it's time to get back on the ice. Things are going to start happening and it's time to get things underway. So, it's a good time to kind of do a do a little double check on what Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes, and the the hockey ops staff accomplished during the main part of the off season. Yes, we're still in the off season. Things can still happen. We're still waiting for possibly more things to happen. But the bulk of the off season has has taken place, and and Rick, it's a good time to just kind of sit back and evaluate as a whole. Um, you know, how the organization and if the organization took another step forward in the rebuild in preparing for the next chapter uh, with this new season that's about to start. And listen, we got these brand new red pencils and we just wanted uh, an, an opportunity to use them really? in uh, assigning our grades uh, in the different categories uh, for the work over the summer. No, this <laughs> we see on social media, uh, you know, there's folks that are all in on Kent Hughes, all in on Team Hugo. They there. There's never been a ba- bad move, and then there's the other folks that aren't happy necessarily with the last two drafts, um, and are wondering about um, you know some of the the unproven talent like a new hook and and so on. They're coming in, and and are all set to give bad grades. I, we're going to try to be a little more fair than that, a little more down the middle than that, and uh, when we call our balls and strikes here, and and see. Just how far the, um, I'll use a football analogy, it is the opening weekend, how far the team has advanced the ball down the field this quarter uh, towards being um, a sustainable contender, as as uh, Kent Hughes always says. First way to do that, obviously, is focusing on the roster, and, and the first order of business for the roster was determining what to do with last season's RFAs and UFAs uh, once those contracts uh, came up on July 1st. So we'll start with the RFAs. Uh, There were a number of them this year, but there is only one, Rick, that they decided to not um, qualify and not re-sign, and that was Dennis Gurionov. They did go ahead and sign RFAs Michael Pizzetta, Cole Caulfield, Alex Newhook, once they had acquired, after they had acquired his rights, uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard, Jesse Ullinen, Mitchell Stevens, Lucas Condotta, and Nicholas Bodin. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm just going to leave aside the Mitchell Stevens, Condotta, and Bodin. Don't expect them to be much of a factor. No, other than in Laval, uh, the, passing on Gurianov, smart move. Didn't yeah. fit here when he came over from Dallas. Uh, he ended up um, being uh, cut loose. Uh, he was a free agent. He signed with Nashville. Um, obviously, the Cole Caulfield move, everybody's happy about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Cole, Cole is happy. The the organization's happy. Fans are happy. Um, all good there. If you're going to bring in Alex Newhook, you better sign him. You better him. sign him. <laughs> Harvey Pinard and 
Yes, Ulanen, both good, great signings. Yeah. Uh, the only question mark um, I'll have there, and, and listen, I love Michael Pizzetto. We dealt with Michael uh, a lot when he was in Lavelle. He's a great interview. He's a great person. He's a good guy. Um, not He's sure. a fun hockey player to watch. And, and he is, yeah. He has fun on the ice, yeah. and he brings the toughness. Yep. Um, with all the young talent coming up, is he taking a place that could otherwise be... You know, somebody else could could be taking that spot and bringing more to to the lineup. That's if if we're grading, that's the only one uh, that I might not give a pass grade to. Well, and the fact that he was the very first contract that they signed in the offseason. That was very odd, yeah. Which was, and we said that at the time. We flat out said, like, okay, this was not the contract that we expected to be talking about first. Um, so we'll see how see how that all kind of shakes itself out. Now, as far as unrestricted free agents. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that I am not shedding a tear over any of the four that have left the organization. Uh, goodbye, Jonathan Duran. Goodbye, Alex Belzeal. Goodbye, Anthony Richard. Goodbye, Joel Teasdale. And I'll I'll qualify that by saying Richard did Richard did a did a good job in Laval. He's a very good AHL player. Um, but it was time for him to move on for the same reason that you just spoke about with Michael Pizzetta. Um, there is such a logjam of prospects going to be in Laval this season. You wouldn't want to risk leaving an Anthony Richard on the roster uh, where his dependable scoring abilities and, and whatnot might leave him in the lineup more often in place of a prospect. So I'm fine. You know, I wish Anthony Richard the best of luck. And Joel Teasdale just, it just never panned out for me uh, with Joel Teasdale um, a little bit half a season this year, but um I think it's I think Joel Teasdale is better served by starting starting over somewhere else as well. I'd I'd say yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Jonathan Duran, no use to to dwell on that. That, no. that was long overdue him uh moving out. Alex Belzeal, uh like being the center of attention, but as you said, it's time for the young uh players to step forward and to uh start winning as a as a as a group. Um and and I think that and and you know, there were others. Um, these these were the most uh, noteworthy. There was Corey Schooneman. There was uh, Otto Leskinen. Um, Chris Tierney. Chris Tierney, you're right. Um, so these were the most uh, notable ones uh, that, that you mentioned. Now, they did sign two UFAs. Uh, they signed Sean Monahan, and that was a question mark. You know, his contract was up. He was an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Um, he made it known that he wanted to stay in Montreal, and they found a way to get that done. Uh, and then they brought in a new forward, uh, Leah Sanderson. Leah Sanderson, a dart throw. Um, you know, it hasn't worked out, but there is potential there. Uh, Jeff Gorton is uh, familiar. Um, probably worthwhile, but we'll see how that turns out. Sean Monahan, fabulous. Um, mm -hmm. Got him for a good price. Um, and he is going to um, be one of the... Uh, uh, he, he'll be able to, hopefully, uh, be healthy all all season and uh, be able to uh, mentor uh, the younger players. He looked so good when he played with uh, Kirby Doc and others. Um, so, and and there's always the opportunity that he could be moved at the trade deadline. So, um, yep, the gold stars for for those those two moves. Yeah, I think I I, I actually was pretty pleased with how they handled UFAs this year. Um, both both the two that they signed in in 
free agency and and the ones that they allowed to move on. Um, It was indicative that they do have more of a development mindset um, and a focus on the younger guys. And I think that's what was needed. So as far as signings go, mostly, I would say 98%, um, pretty good, I think. Yep. Uh, so moving on then after, you know, you get you get past the signings, how else do you address the roster? Well, things happen around the draft. Uh, we know that they drafted, um, you know, they had they had plenty of picks at this year's draft. Um, but the big the big kind of news going into it was that they took a bet on Alex Newhook um, and and gave up. Um, they paid a pretty pro- they paid a pretty price to to acquire Alex Newhook from Colorado and and Rick this is this is a a gamble that they felt was worth the risk. Yeah, uh, this one is this one's tough. Big price, mm-hmm. first round pick and a second round pick, late first round pick, early second round pick, um, and and betting that as reclamation projects go. Uh, that uh, you know he'll follow the the Kirby Doc model. Um, Doc has more potential in my mind. Doc has much more potential and uh, showed a little bit more, um, I thought, uh, than Alex Newhook did in uh, Colorado. Uh, this is a big bet. This is this is huge. Now I, I understand the the theory behind it. Um, you. You can't um, you can't bring in all draft picks and and uh, advance your um, rebuild because you know by that time by the time all the picks are ready well you know the Suzukis and the Caulfields and the Caden Gooleys will be um, you know will be in the twilight of their career uh, for some of them so they want to advance that they want to bring in similar age players like Doc like Newhook uh, to the the current young core that they already have uh, was he the right uh, was he the right one? Um, and 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 I don't know about that. Was the price really really steep? I think I think yes. too steep. Yeah, I agree. I said it at the time. Uh, I like Alex Newhook. I like. Um, I don't. I don't mind taking the risk on a player like that who could have the potential to do good things and do big things. But I absolutely hated the the price tag. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't. For me, uh, it's not the move that I would have made. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that 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 move pans out. The next draft related, I want I don't want to say well, sort of controversial topic um, was who the Canadians were going to take at number five overall. And of course, it for a lot of people it came down to was it going to be Michkov? Was it going to be you know? someone else um it, it was basically is it going to be Michkov or someone else and it was going to be someone else and they went with uh defenseman David Reinbacher and um you know I it's there were certainly mixed reactions among fans there were mixed ama- reactions among the media um and I don't know I, he's gonna be a he'll, he'll be a big focus at rookie camp that's for sure and mixed reactions from draft experts people who well, do yeah. this all the time yeah um, you, you just wonder what the, where the Canadians' priorities are. Um, are where they've talked about selecting best player available. I think we can we can throw that out the window. Last last year they went for size. Uh, they they needed size. Mm-hmm. Jeff Gordon said they need needed to get bigger. Um, they they selected the the top prospect who had the the biggest size. Um, 
This year, they they wanted a, a right D. They wanted a mobile defenseman um, to be one of their top defensemen, and 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 they 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 zeroed in on Ryan Backer almost from the start, and and stuck with it. Um, so you know, I I know there's there's so many of our listeners that would rather. Uh, they um, have taken Michkov, uh, just the talent level, the pure talent level itself. Mm-hmm. I had talked about Ryan Leonard and uh, the connections or the comparisons there with Matthew Kachuk and, and that type of gritty scorer who's tough to uh, add to the lineup. Jeff Gordon said those players are tough to add. In the final analysis, um, the Canadian scouts, especially the European scouts, felt that it was harder to um, acquire a player um, like David Reinbacker rather than, and thought it was easier to acquire a player like Ryan Leonard. So that's mm-hmm. how the decision was made there. Uh, finally, as, as far as the draft was concerned, um, their decision, it's, it's, it's no secret that goaltending is one of the future of goaltending in the organization is one of the weakest positions, uh, on the roster right now. Uh, so they needed to be able to leverage their draft picks uh, in a in a year when the crop of goaltenders available was exceptionally good. Um, and so a lot of people had a lot of other names on the kind of target list for the Montreal Canadiens. And they ended up bypassing all of that partially because of the picks that they gave up for Alex Newhook. Uh making them not able to select until later uh, after the first run on goaltenders had had taken place. And they ended up selecting Jacob Fowler. Um, and and I think this is going to be another, this is another gamble. Uh, it's not that Jacob Fowler wasn't in the conversation for one of the, one, you know, one of the, the top group of goaltenders, but he wasn't, you know, if you, if you take a group of goaltenders who were considered, the best goaltending options in the draft, Jacob Fowler was probably towards the bottom of that small group of, of goaltenders. Um, and so, and that's nothing against him. It's just, he wasn't expected to go above, you know, guys like Trey Augustine or Rabble or Guyon or, you know, any of those guys. Um, and, and that's who the Canadians ended up going with. So the Canadians, uh, they passed on other options. What options did they have? They they could have um, you know looked at the top option. Uh, we think from reviewing the video, and you can you can look at uh, you can listen to us uh, last uh, for from last week's uh, episode that they were talking about the goaltender with the best tools, um, being Adam Gayan. Um, and but they they passed on that. They also passed on Yaroslav Eskarov, mm-hmm. who was uh, being made available by Nashville. Um, and, uh, you know, a top pros- a top goaltending prospect, um, Nashville was trying to make a, a splash in the, in the draft, made him available by, to the Canadians. Uh, they, they chose not to, uh, well, no one, uh, followed that trade. There was no trades in the first round of the draft, uh, this past year. So, and again, as you've said, um, Alex Newhook is an NHLer. With speed, lots of good qualities. Is he a top six player? We don't know. Uh, I don't think anybody knows at this point. He certainly hasn't proven that so far. David Reinbacker, he's going to be a, a good NHLer that, who's going to eat minutes. Is he um, an elite 
mobile defenseman. And the the jury's out on that. Jacob Fowler uh, looks to be the kind of goaltender who would who would fit really well with this market. Um, confident, cocky, comfortable. Um, you know, a quote machine um, and a and a decent goaltender as well. Maybe not the goaltender with the best tools. So we're not criticizing any of these folks. I think our audience is smart enough to know that. Um, but uh, there's some question marks with uh, with the haul that they came away with from this year's draft and last year's. So another way that um, you really make a difference in a positive direction compared to how the direction the team has been going the last few years. Uh, it's, it almost got to be a, a, a bit of a repetitive story about the Canadians injury status and man games lost and the need to overhaul the medical staff. Uh, and they have finally done that this summer, Rick, they've, they have like house has been cleared <laughs> there's been a lot of turnover in terms of the medical staff and the therapy staff. Pretty, pretty bold decision. And, and not just the, the auxiliary people, but some of the main people, um, people who had been with the organization for, you know, up to 20 years. Um, uh, but going out and getting quality, um, the athletic therapist, Jim Ramsey, one of the best in the business, uh, former, formerly with the Rangers, well known to Jeff Gordon, um, Maxime Gauthier, a physiotherapist, um, well-known in, in Montreal. Uh, they've, they've added a new massage therapist, four new sports medicine physicians. Um, so new they don't even have their, uh, pictures on the website <laughs> we yet. We don't know what they look like yet. Yeah. Um, but they, they are making, um, major changes to an area that's been a problem mm -hmm. uh, for the Canadians for, for a number of years. Absolutely. In the hopes that maybe this year they can not hobble through the season like they have in, in, in too many years in the recent past. Uh, the next, uh, the next way that uh, they could change things up and shift things around is on the trade market. And they managed, they managed to pull off some trades this summer. Um, Multi-team trades. We always like to see those, Rick. We had some multi-team trades. Um, first and foremost, sending Joel Edmondson to the Washington Capitals. Uh, that's a win in my book. For sure. Um, Joel Edmondson was uh, valuable in the cup run um, for his tough nose play and, and um, you know, the, the four horsemen. Uh, group um, because of his his back injury, um, his effectiveness on ice has been lessening, and he's been missing games. Um, and um, last year, he was a big help to some of the young defensemen. But um, you know, you you want to now clear some spots uh, so uh, the young defensemen can take another step. So moving him on um, to Washington was a great move. Uh, half the half of his salary uh, retained, um, but that's not unexpected. The return was maybe not what what folks were expecting, but again, that's his his declining value mm -hmm. on the market. Another uh, move that I really liked was offloading Mike Hoffman um, and Rem Picklick, for that matter. It was in the same trade, but but Hoffman was the big piece of the puzzle to get off the books. Yeah, and and again, with any of these moves, we're not going to going to detail them because we've done that in the past. It's just a summary of the moves. 
Uh, and the results, uh, the three-team trade uh, that allowed Mike Hoffman and Rem Pitlick um, uh, to to uh, be sent off, um, was certainly creative. And um, Kent Hughes getting involved with that was was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the the what was talked about at the time was um, it was amazing that Mike uh, Mike Hoffman was able to. Uh, be shipped out without any retention in salary. Mm. Uh, and so big kudos uh, to Kent Hughes there. However, in doing all of that, uh, for his trouble, Kent Hughes got a second-round pick, and that's the most valuable part of that. But he also had to take on the problems, the problem children of other teams. <laughs> um, and those included Jeff Petrie um, and Casey DeSmith right. uh, and Nathan Laguerre. Um so that left him okay. Then he had to deal with those, and then he had to give up some uh, some of the gains that he had made. And and part of that um, is having to retain salary on Jeff Petrie. So um, you know you ship out four and a half million dollars worth uh, of salary from Mike Hoffman. You might have thought you would have had to retain half of that. Well, you did because you had to, to take on uh, Jeff Petrie's <laughs> salary. Quarter of Jeff Petrie's, yeah. And not only that, not only for this year, Mike Hoffman was in the last year of his contract. Jeff Petrie's was too. So yeah. uh, the portion that you have of Jeff Petrie's contract is this year and next year. Uh, so that's a bit of an issue. And now, um, you know, we're on the Casey DeSmith watch. That's a problem. That's a problem that mm-hmm. Kent Hughes has to deal with. You don't want um, the three the three goalie situation going into opening night. He's told um, um, uh, Casey DeSmith that he's not going to uh, bury him in Laval, uh, so waivers may not be an ish- a possibility. Uh, it's 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 a problem. It is. Um, so uh, there's some good in in that. Tra- the second round pick was was terrific. Yeah. Um, but the the other por- portion of that. Not so great, um, and, and and yes, there's Gustav Lindstrom who uh, is a right-handed defenseman and will be a place filler uh, for a period of time, um, but not a big part of this. The 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 overall take. So I would say for me, I liked kind of like two thirds of the trades <laughs> that he did this summer. He kind of started strong, and then I think that last piece of the puzzle, as you talk about, was kind of the the not so great part of the trading, uh, the trading transactions that took place over the summer. And that leads us to salary cap. Um, the first point under the salary cap being kind of what we did talk a bit about, uh, with getting Edmondson out with getting Hoffman out is that's shedding, shedding bad contracts, um, and, and getting, getting bad contract money off of the books. And you got to give uh, Kent Hughes credit. He was he was left with a mess mm-hmm. uh, from Mark Bergevin, terrible contracts, and he over the past two years he has made significant gains uh, with respect to the the uh, salary cap. Absolutely. Going along with that, though, and and you kind of alluded to this a little bit when talking about the trades, it was he was a bit wily about salary retention in terms of managing the cap space he had. He was. Um, my problem with that, again, a double-edged sword, the salary retention slots, salary retention, you understand that, salary retention slots, teams only have three of them. The Canadians mm-hmm. have used up two already yep. this season. 
Uh, you think their their salary retention might have to be involved at the trade deadline, and the Canadians, Kent Hughes, only has one left. And I think even worse, he's already spent one of those next year salary retention on the Jeff Petrie deal. So um, good trying to trying to um, you know facilitate deals by using salary retention bad um, using up those salary retention slots backing yourself into a corner a little bit yep uh, and finally uh, uh, under salary cap is the LTI component going on long-term injury reserve um, and we know that carry prices that's that's going to be a big thing around carry prices contract yeah, and I think he's done a really good job here in that there's two ways that um, a long-term injury like Carey has, uh, Carey Price has, um, two ways that a general manager can deal with that, either uh, off-season LTI or in-season um, LTI. Last year, um, he used Kent Hughes used uh, off-season LTI, and in that way was able to add add um, up to $10 million, um, and, and that the, that facilitated the Sean Monaghan deal, was able to expand his roster and and, and used the money from Carey Price quite wisely. And, and uh, um, you know, having Carey Price in that situation was a, a real benefit to the Canadians uh, in that regard. This year, uh, again, he's using it wisely, but uh, to free himself up completely because there there are some downsides to the... Um, the uh, off-season uh, LTI, that is, that bonus money might um, might might become a problem and charge the next season. Um, but he's a- been able to pare down his salary, uh, and and maybe with a with a Casey DeSmith trade, maybe sending a few players to uh, Laval um, who uh, are waiver exempt uh, prior to the, um, the the roster freeze. He's he's going to be able to. Um, he's going to be able to include Carey Price, and that way he has a lot more flexibility during the season. He's not going to spend all that money, uh, the $10 million during the year, or it's unlikely that he will, uh, but that way he doesn't have to worry about bonuses and other things. So um, I, I think I think he's he, Kent Hughes has is, is done really well here um, in, in maximizing the use of Carey Price's money. I know there's still some... Well, they're they're haters. They're haters, Carey Price haters, and they say it's a complicated mess. Uh, his salary and the impacts on on the salary cap for the Canadians. It's it's just nonsense. It's not really. No, it's not really at all. So between signings, between moves in and around the draft, changes to the medical staff, trades that were made, salary cap management. You did say we had the red pencils out for for marking. So I like grading papers so for me i was it a home run this summer no i don't think i don't think they knocked it out of the park but but i'd give i would give jeff gorton and kent hughes personally i'd give them like a b yeah i was thinking b plus um you know this we we can't be too enthusiastic we can't be fan-centered looking look at where the the club has finished the last two mm-hmm. uh seasons so um yeah i'd, I'd say a b plus so b plus over the summer yeah they made it they made a lot of they made way more i think they made way more good moves than they did ones that i'm not so sure about absolutely um and that gives me hope uh, i'm i'm feeling a bit optimistic it's cautious optimism because i've <laughs> 
been well, tricked into that gam- before. <laughs> yeah, and and as we've said, there are some gambles in those moves that they made, and and uh, it's we're really going to have to see how they play out before we can give a final grade. All right. Well, I think um, I think Michael Spinella has done his due diligence on water bailing duty. Yeah. So I'm going to go relieve him. Uh, and, and that means that uh, we are going to take our final break on the Canadians connection so that we can swap in and out of the hosting chair again. Uh, up next, we're going to have your question of the week. Uh, we're going to get you caught up on all the things that you might have missed uh, on across all of our platforms here at Rocket Sports Media and uh, lots more fun stuff coming your way. So thanks for having me in for the second segment. Thanks for being here. Michael Spinella will be here in just a moment. And stay with us because you are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The Rocket Sports Media team wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, log in to thn.com slash Montreal, your year-round source for anything Habs-related. That's thn.com slash Montreal. Welcome back to episode 260 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Please make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, visit our website, canadiansconnection.fm. Feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. It's at 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. We always love to hear from our listeners. And uh, Rick, this Montreal Canadiens team, boy, do they always seem to have a lot going on. Lots going on. And uh, if you haven't heard, uh, we've got lots going on because, uh, yeah, since since last season, we've moved to a new location. But we moved everything to an, a new location all the Canadians' coverage in just one place. It's at the Hockey News. That's thn.com slash Montreal. 
We've got Montreal Canadiens information. We've got Lavelle Rocket information, Trois-Rivières Lions prospect information. And this week, uh, we even unveiled some French content uh, at THN.com slash Montreal um, so that some of our our, our articles, and uh, there was an article recently by uh, Chris G and translated by uh, our newest member of the Rocket Sports team, and, and his name is Josh, did a great job translating um, and got great feedback from uh, those uh, of our Canadians fans who say, geez, I'd, I'd like to read some content in French. So we're providing that as well. And you can find some of our other great content. Uh, just make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. All you have to do is search at all Habs. You'll be able to pull that up. And on there, you will find the Habs Hockey Report. That's hosted by Amy Johnson. Every Thursday, she puts out a great episode, does great analysis, uh, very timely topics. And she's really great at uh, replying to all the comments that you leave on her videos. So make sure you head over there, hit the like button, hit the su- subscribe button, leave a comment, let us know what you th- what your thoughts are. And also on that exact same channel, you're going to start to find the Canadians Connection podcast put into that feed. So if you want to take a look at that, if uh, you can't get enough of this podcast, or maybe you're just finding us on YouTube for the first time, make sure you hit that subscribe button at All Habs, and you'll never want to miss a single episode of either of those great shows. I really liked uh, the most recent episode from from Amy of the Habs Hockey Report show, uh, which Canadians rookies are set to impress at camp, and uh, seems she's tapped into what Habs fans are thinking too, because lots of views on that particular video. If you haven't seen it, you want to get over to uh, youtube.com slash allhabs. Also, make sure you're subscribed to both of our Rocket Sports Radio podcasts on your favorite podcasting app. First and foremost, make sure you subscribe to The Press Zone. You can find every single episode of that at thepresszone.fm. Hosted by Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, sometimes Rick Stevens. That's going to be your inside source for everything Laval Rockets, AHL, and Habs prospects. So you don't want to miss a single episode of that as we head into the Habs rookie camp. And also this episode, this podcast right here, The Canadian's Connection. You can find all of the episodes of The Canadian's Connection at canadiansconnection.fm. Uh, We're here every single Saturday. Uh, We were here every single weekend in the summer. I know a lot of podcasts went on vacation. Well, we don't take a vacation. We're here every single Saturday, and we provide you with great news, updates, and analysis. And for those interested, uh, Rick, I believe we're still recruiting for a Rocket Sports team. So what's the best way for uh, those interested uh, to reach out to us? Well, the Montreal Canadiens are going to be finalizing their team. We're finalizing our team for the season uh, you met some of those contributors uh, in August as Michael did some great interviews uh, with uh, some of the folks behind the scenes um, uh, in in the podcast in August. And also, as I, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, we added a new team member. His name is Josh, doing some great stuff with us. Uh, we, we are considering uh, other um, additions to the team. If you're interested, uh, go to HabsHockeyReport.com habshockeyreport.com and click on the join our team tab there's a little bit of an application in there submit it and we'll get back to right away otherwise you can also just reach out to us on social media uh, or send a text in at 585 rocket and now uh, we'll get to our canadians connection question of the week so our question that we're asking all of our listeners is 
How would you rate the Habs offseason and all of Ken Hughes' moves? We want to make sure we hear from you. Uh, like I said, reach out to us on our Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET. You can also reach out on social media. And uh, Rick, I believe we have an email as well if people have a little bit more to say. For sure. You can reach out to us at hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. That's hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. Throughout the week, we get tons of texts, tweets, emails, and other messages. And Rick, uh, after last week's episode talking about uh, the draft, we seemed to get a lot of replies from our listeners, didn't we? We sure did. Uh, it kind of uh, triggered those feelings, those thoughts about the draft, about the, the Canadians' decisions about the draft. Before we get to those, I just want to, as we do, if um, if we if we make a mistake, we want to correct that. So I, I want to deal with uh, some corrections uh, for last week's episode, and the episode's called "Sparks Fly as Habs Scouts Debate Prospects, Skill or Stats." That's uh, Canadians Connection episode two fifty nine. Um, during uh, the discussion, uh, Amy had said that the Canadians had traded two second round picks for Alex Newhook. Newhook. Um, it turns out it was close, uh, but it was a late first-round pick and an early second-round pick, uh, picks 31 and 37 overall. And in a different discussion, when we were talking about rule changes in the Champions Ho- Hockey League and uh, and how they might relate to the NHL, I said that there was a rule in the NHL uh, years ago that said that a player must serve the full two minutes regardless of the number of power play goals that were scored during the the man advantage that was correct um and i said uh, that um the that that the the current rule two minutes or less was a result um of of a change uh because of a potent power play and then at the, and that was correct and then at that point i was just off the top of my head speculating i didn't know who had caused the change at the time i said maybe it's the oilers well it goes back many years prior to that it was the montreal canadians uh so i just wanted to make that change <laughs> yeah, yeah nice uh, nice to provide uh, those little updates and uh, appreciate that rick <laughs> yeah um well we, we're honest we, we want to be forthright with uh, our our um, audience and and I know our listeners expect that and 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 uh, we've delivered that for the last dozen years uh, on the podcast um on the draft itself we got tons of messages uh tons of messages <laughs> in various forms uh again that the draft remains controversial um and uh, there were some fans who said, listen, um, trust Hughes and company. Um, but for each of those messages, there were, um, I don't know, 10 messages, at least 10 messages that said um, it was the Canadians made a huge mistake and it was a missed opportunity. Uh, and most of those fans wanted uh, Mishkov and, and that's even besides some of the the theater that's going on right now in Russia and him sitting for the first couple don't don't pay attention to that that's just exerting control and whatnot um don't don't take anything um you know about his talent that that it's it's kind of meaningless the charade that's going going on there right now um you heard if you listen to our draft shows I was leaning to uh Ryan Leonard uh, that gritty scoring uh, forward who's tough to, to get. Hughes c- compared him t- to Kachuk. Uh, but I think that that most of the uh, most of our listeners would have liked a different decision other than David Reinbacker. Um, I'm just going to send out um, 
a little message to to those who say trust the professionals, um, you know, and and kind of uh, no debate allowed, uh, no questioning allowed, no criticism allowed. Trust the professionals. Um, I would say you need to make a better argument because I'll just remind you of the past thirty years of pain since the last Montreal Canadian Stanley Cup, um, and trust the professionals. We've heard it over and over and over again. And it's it was trust Rejanul, trust Andre Savard, trust Pierre Gauthier, trust in in Mark Bergevin. We in Bergevin we trust was a hashtag. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Um, so um, listen, uh, we're here because we we want to analyze the team and we want the best team possible. Um, that isn't always the case with the folks in the organization. Um, there's the, the things get in the way of the right decisions. There's egos. Um, there's, there's different priorities. The Canadians have competing priorities, uh, uh, to winning the cup, uh, you know, talking about homegrown players and, and, um, you know, ownership, uh, how they get involved. So, um, I'll just say, we're going to continue to, to be as honest as we can. We're going to continue to bring on the best uh, draft experts, as we did ahead of the draft, some really smart people uh, about the draft, and it's our commitment to all our listeners uh, to provide you with the best information so you can make up your own mind. Uh, but don't, you know, trust the professionals, really. You can do better than that. We give you the information. <laughs> you can do better than that. And we appreciate uh, all the message that we do get. Uh, all we ask is when you reach out to us, leave your name and where you're from. And uh, this first uh, message, well, it comes via YouTube from Frank. And what Frank had to say is an excellent breakdown of the Habs draft video. Thanks. And thanks goes back to you, Frank. We really appreciate that comment. Uh, coming in from Facebook, uh, it's Kevin from Cochrane, Ontario. What Kevin had to say is, wait, Fowler has mastered his position at 18 years old? That's insane. Who is that guy? And I agree, Kevin. Uh, the, that's a very good question. And I I liked uh, Kevin's emphasis in in because he he capitalized. Fowler has mastered. Mastered is capitalized. He has three question marks uh, after eighteen years old. And of course, he's uh, Kevin's referencing the 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 pounding on the table uh, figuratively. By Billy Ryan, the the new director of player evaluation. It was his first draft, and he was he was advocating hard for um, Jacob Fowler. That was that was obvious, but his quote was that Fowler had mastered the position of goaltending, and of course that you know Billy, uh, you know if you're out there listening, you're you got out over your skis a little bit. That was a little overzealous in your praise because. No 18-year-old has, no matter what position, has mastered uh, their position, but certainly not a goaltender. So uh, <laughs> a good pickup there by, by Kevin and Cochran. And uh, we have one last text coming in from Chris and Hamilton, and I'll uh, leave that one up to you there, Rick. Uh, Chris was reaching out, and we, we uh, asked you if you wanted to be involved in our fantasy leagues, fantasy football, fantasy hockey, reach out to us and we'd get you into a league. Uh, so that's that was uh, the reason he reached out to us. Um, but I'm, I'm going to read this because it's fascinating that I've said it a thousand times. Habs fans are everywhere. Uh, Chris is from Hamilton and not the one in Ontario, but Hamilton, Ohio. 
Uh, and he says, uh, my name is Chris. I've been a Habs fan for 51 years, born through my dad's fandom. He lived in Montreal, was younger, and worked at a then hotspot called Yannickis. Now, some of our, our uh, older uh, listeners will remember this. Um, it was, yeah, it was kind of a, a hip kind of spot. It it advertised that um, they had Canadian food, they had Chinese food, they had Italian food. They were uh, a bit of everything. And it was called Yannickis Brothers um, was the restaurant on St. Hubert, I think. Um, anyways, uh, uh, Chris goes on to say uh, this was a, a dining uh, destination for Habs players. That's right. Um, and his dad uh, talked, um, talked hockey, discussed hockey with Habs legends like Rocket Richard and John Beliveau when they popped uh, by after a home game at the Forum. Incredible. Um, he goes on to say, my dad took me to my first game when I was four years old at the Montreal Forum. We saw the Habs play the Bruins. Bobby Orr was in the house. It was super exciting. Um, what a great memory. Uh, and, and again, uh, we love hearing these kinds of stories uh, from our Habs fans who are indeed everywhere. Yeah, great story coming from Chris. And uh, honestly, we love hearing from all of our listeners, so don't hesitate to reach out. Just let us know uh, your first name and where we're from, where you're from so that we know who we're talking to. Uh, this week coming up, uh, well, the thing we want to highlight is uh, keep an eye on uh, Casey DeSmith as <laughs> I believe there's going to be a trade at some point. At least that's what we would speculate, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, that, certainly that would cer- help uh, Kent Hughes in the Canadian situation uh, as preparing for the uh, opening night roster. Uh, let's see if he can get it done. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Also, also share it on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week. We'll see We'll see you back here next Saturday on September the 16th, and we'll have another great episode for you. So thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports. Rocket Sports.